to Gab and Jam, episode 249. All right, so what are we talking about today? All right, so today piggybacks on What's a Great Song, episode 175. I'll put the link below. But our episode today is, is it the song that's good or is it the production? Yeah, kind of like which one is more important, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, you know. Which one makes it a hit? Yeah. Okay. All right, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, so which one makes it a hit? Okay, so the songwriting gurus always tell us, start with a great song. But in this episode, we're going to push back on that notion because we think there are some things to consider when you're trying to decide if it's the song that's good or if it's the production that's good. Right, yeah, because sometimes it could just be, uh, you know, that there could be like a hot kind of genre or sound that's out there Mm -hmm. at the time. And so... You know, um, regardless of whether or not the song is great, you know, because it's got the sound of yeah, that genre or whatever, that will make the thing be a hit. See Disco Duck. Yeah. You know, see <laughs> Macarena. Right, you know, right. So, I mean, right, that, 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 there's, yeah. there are these songs that are out there that became these great hits and it's because they kind of tapped into either something culturally Cultural, like the game room style right kind of yeah, thing, same, yeah. same, type, yeah. same type of thing not yeah. because it was like this great great song oh, right no it was because of that aspect of it so production slash culture for those right right okay. but let's go back to even great songs right okay. so right. so let's go with I Will Always Love You right, okay. All right. Uh, Dolly Parton does this song mm-hmm. right and I, I think it might have been a pretty good country hit yes you know, but it's because probably it had that country production, production yes. around it. It, yeah. had, it had that thing that was presented to it. And because of the, the the production, maybe even the vocals, whatever, it was limited. Yes. And mm-hmm. how many people it could touch and whatever else. Right, because I never heard it. I didn't even know it existed. And right, did not know it existed, yeah. right? Now, Whitney Houston does it, mm-hmm. right? You know, you have this... You have that voice. Yes. You have this pop production yes. that goes on top of it, and bam, voila. Yeah, then it went with the movie, right? It right. Like, it was part of the movie, too. So, movie soundtrack, it's just everything all together. Things, but, all together yeah. kind of happened. But, the, you know, the production of the yes. song. Another song, Nothing Compares to You, yeah. was on this oh, album by the family, right? Yes. I don't even think they had featured it as a single. No, I don't think so. Off of that album. Yeah. At all. Nothing like that. I, you know, it was just an album cut yeah. that was on the family's album. album. So yes. it wasn't sort of like, oh, wow, there's this great song that's on this yeah. album from one of Princess Potages that just kind of came up and just became great. Yeah. yeah, great song. But you take this sparse production and you couple it with Sinead O'Connor's video and yeah. all the rest of this kind of stuff and the way that she sung it. Yeah. The hard, heartfelt rendition of it. Yeah. Bam. Huge yeah, hit, right? Yeah. Now everybody's talking about how great the song is. Right. Right. You know, right. Oh, this is like this great so song. So what, it wasn't great the first time? Right. I mean, why, right. why didn't they yeah. discover it before? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I do think, you know, same thing with um, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. If it was just about having great songs, yeah. right? Why would they need Quincy Jones? Yeah. You know, I mean, or why yeah. why bring him into the whole So what thing. was that thing about the opening of what song was that where Don't start till you get enough. Yeah. It comes in with those um with the strings. You know yeah, that whole part, Michael didn't want him in there. Yeah. You know, and Quincy Jones is like, I'm not taking those strings off of that. <laughs> That's the best part of the song. Come and on. And that is one of the most iconic parts right, of that song. song. Right. That is what I think of. 
when I think of that song, you know, that, that opening. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's sort of like if you take a song like, you know, I, I, I want to be starting something. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if the song is necessarily great. Right. Um, But I do think the elements around the song, mm -hmm. you know, so if I if I just look at if you if you if you can't be the baby, don't have the baby. People right. always and I just kind of read the lyrics. Right. Like, I don't know about that. Right. You know, yeah. and then I'm kind of, you know, just thinking about the melody, so, want to be starting some whatever. So I'm kind of thinking what we're talking about with production. Production also includes the performance. So also yeah. the singer, the whatever they give to it, but that's all part of the production. That's all kind of pulled out of the production. Okay. You know, because, you know, the producer's there to, to work with the singers, okay. there to work with the with the um, musicians and all of these things coming together, you yeah. know, um, is what makes up what that sound song sounds like. So it's it's more than just the recording process. It's yeah. it's them going through and and deciding, hey, I want to call up Lewis Johnson and put him on this track. I want to, yeah. you know, get this guitar player, get this, these yeah. people together, and knowing, hey, you need to take that again. You need to do yeah. this again yeah. to get that out of it. Yeah. You know, and so all of that stuff plays a an essential role mm -hmm. in bringing the song together. And certain songs, it's like, to me, it, it's like the production is a big part of, you know, going back to Michael Jackson, the song that they produced, uh, um, Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of that is, you know, like the drum beat, yeah. things like, you know, yeah. Grant Filling Games kind of added yeah. and all these things that made this groove kind of come together. Right. And you know, that sound like some unfinished demo or something. Right. You yeah. know, and, and then, you know, I can't leave out sometimes there are these people like uh, Michael Jackson or a Prince who just can elevate a song just by what they bring to it vocally or with yeah. Houston or uh, so that you was know, Mariah Carey. The things that we talked about early on was um, that, let's see, songs like Roxanne and Meshing in the Bottle are exciting, but it was, it, you know, when we heard like what it was uh, previous to the right. police coming together as a band doing them. Right. But part of that is, is Sting's distinctive style. So it kind of yeah. goes back to voice, but that's still part of whether they produced it one way versus another way. It is. I, I don't know if, if Roxanne coming out the, the gate as a bossa nova. Right, which is the way he originally... The way that Sting originally kind of did it. I don't know if it works, but, you know, kind of with them deciding, okay, there's this, you know... A merger between kind of punk and reggae. Yeah. That's happening and during so the time. Sparse, yeah. And that kind of became their sound. Yeah. Um, and, and the sparseness. So sometimes, too, that's going back to the another thing, is that when I say production, production is not always like taking it and making it sound grand. Right. You know, because right. that was a term that we started to hear a lot in the 80s, which was overproduced, right? right? That yes. There's something that's, oh, you know, you just yeah. doing way too much. And, you know, actually, like, the early stuff that Rick Rubin used to do, mm. he would, the credit would say it was reduced. <laughs> Not by reduced. Rick, right. Reduced. <laughs> by Rick Rubin. Uh, you know, yeah. because he would do things, you know, like stuff he did with LL Cool J was, it was just a beat and just him as an MC just rapping over it. Yeah. You know, we think about that with Prince's Dirty Mind record where it was really a very sparse raw, in your face, yeah. raw sound. Yeah. And you just can't think of a group like the Ramones or the Clash 
being, yeah. you know, made to sound like, you know, lush. yeah, lush, yeah. like Bruce Springsteen's and, Tunnel and Love. And vocal, right vocally uh, auto-tuned uh, and all that other and stuff. Right, that, 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 that's not... Their it doesn't vibe. make that a great song. Those great songs for them. It does yeah. not. Yeah. It, it does not. It is kind of capturing that aspect yeah, of their that. that that production works to bring across their voice. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. And maybe even in those instances, the production is less important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with whatever is the root of those songs. Okay. So you might be hearing more about what those songs actually sound are. like, like if you actually saw them live or yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I would say that you know that's not necessarily true. Like, like with the Beatles, their earlier hits. Uh -huh. I think that may have been true too that mm -hmm. it would might have been less the production more of just the band just getting together and just thrashing songs out mm -hmm. but as they started to use the studio more as an instrument mm -hmm. i think songs did become more of a product of the production, of the production. yeah you know um and you know and i think there became more of a uh, uh, you know, not a clear line yeah, between what right. was it, it's the same thing with the Beach Boys, you know, Pet Sounds, you know, and, yeah. and um, uh, Good Vibrations, yeah. you know, and so I saw I always liked, I always, you know, loved it, just the weird sound of that song. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that it, and, and, and that is a product of that production. production. I don't know if you just, you know, play that on an acoustic guitar, you get the same thing. Right. You know, so I mean, I, I, and I think that's a big, part of that. So, I, I, especially now, I think it's very difficult so, yeah, to divorce you made production two from points songwriter. About that. Two points earlier um, that we were talking about was that nowadays, there's no such thing as a demo. So, you kind of need to have whatever the current production or, or the production that seems uh, appropriate, appropriate for your for song. The, right. Yeah, because it might not be current. You know, so yeah, that, okay. uh, that that's the thing too. But, at the same token, that can kill your song. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, I mean, the fact that it doesn't have current production. Yeah. The fact that you're walking in the door and who are you? Right. Um, you yeah. know, you, you you haven't been given this license to not to do. To break the rules. Right. Yeah, and that. to have something yeah. that doesn't have current production. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, and you may get critiques on your stuff that says, hey, you need to have more of a current sound. Yeah. Or whatever else. Yeah. And trust me, that critique's been around forever. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> Um, so there are a couple of uh, final things. Um, one, the bottom line is you don't need a great song to be successful, but there are tons of songs that aren't great that are successful. So you right. Don't, and you don't need great production for those. So you don't need great production. You don't need a great song. But a lot of times those are successful. But it's probably because it taps into that cultural thing that we talked about earlier. Right. Oh, oh, I, I think that kind of going back to that point, that I think there are certain songs that are trapped by their production. So, you know, meaning that there are songs that came out in the 80s, uh -huh. you know, maybe in Prince songs that, like, A Private Joy, right, that probably sounds too 80s. Oh, wow. Right? And where I thought that was really, really a great, yeah. great, great, great song. Yeah. You know, um, and and may have been, you know, trapped yeah. where, where we kind of sleep on certain songs. Yeah. Or not songs that we hear. Yeah. You know, like, if you ask me, between When Doves Cry and Aha's Take On Me. Right. You know, which song do you think you'll be hearing 40 years from yeah. now? Yeah. You know, I went, oh, When Doves Cry. Right. You know, for sure, When right. Doves Cry. Yeah. Take On Me was this throwaway song from the 80s. I mean, right. But 
Yeah. Here it is. Oh, my goodness. And I, it's taking so, over the world right, right now. Right. I yeah. mean, it, you know, it's the same thing running up that hill. Yeah. With um, Kate, Kate Bush, Kate Bush mm. you know, and, and that is so 80s. Yes. You know, I yeah. mean, it's so, and there's a very interesting story about that. You know, Kate Bush was like one of the early pioneers of using samplers. And one of the samplers that she used was one that was very, very expensive by the name of the Fairlight. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different stories about how she used that to make it. And she used like the simple sequencer within the Fairlight ah. to, to program that drum pattern that you hear that's just kind of repetitive throughout ah. the whole thing, right? Okay. Um, and, um, and, you know, and the Fairlight at that time in the 80s, you know, early 80s was costing like $35,000. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very yeah. expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but that, you know, you can see that on YouTube, just yeah. Kate Bush and Fairlight, you'll find that. Yeah. So. Um, but finally, the best we can deduce is that there is a symbiotic relationship between between production and the song. Yeah. So that that there's some type of wax and wane, there's a right. balance, yeah. and that it may be one or the other or a combination of the two that ends up making a quote unquote hit. Yeah, I, I think so, and I and I, I do think that it's probably and people won't like this. It's probably easier to polish a turd with production Ooh. and to make it into something great mm -hmm. um, than it is for a great song to overcome horrible production. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's like you see someone on the street you know, um, you know, who is down and out on their luck, mm -hmm. right? It's hard to see the value right. sometimes yes. in that person or to see what it is their gift and talent is, right. right? You know, you really have to be willing to dig for that. Yeah. And people aren't usually ready to do that. Yeah. And that's the same thing with a song. Yeah. If a song, a song might be great, but if it's hidden... Yeah. Under bad production, yeah, people won't sift to find yeah. that, right? However, they may listen to something that's not so good, yeah, right? You know, I mean, that they, yeah. they, they, they might be like, oh yeah, but it's got the right production, it's got right. the right, it's got the right that, and mm -hmm. it works, you know yeah. what I mean? And it don't, it don't have to be great, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and and it could be a huge hit, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so, I mean, it might not be lasting. Right. You know, but it still might be a hit. Yeah. You know, a hit for that time. So, and I, I just think that you're just not going to find too many songs that you can point to that just has awful production. Yeah. That are huge hits because yeah. they were just great songs. Yeah. I just don't think you're going to find that. Yeah. If you know of a song that is a great song that got, um, um, I guess, canned by the production, let us know. Yeah. Drop it in the comments below. What are your thoughts? Drop it in the comments below. And what else? And Sugar Fit. So yeah. you could pick up Sugar Fit or not pick it up, but you could you actually stream. Yeah, you could pick it up too. You could pick it up from Bandcamp, right? Yes. If you want to have a and CD Baby. And CD Baby. Yes. And, but if you want to do just the streaming thing, stream it everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. Well, your favorite streaming platform. And we have ringtones. So if you want your phone to ring with that awesome Sugar Fit ringtone, Click the link below and avail yourself of that. Um, if you dig the vibe and you want to be a part of the tribe, be sure to subscribe. We're wishing you love, peace, and chicken grease. Yeah.